It's time for Other Strangeness, hosted by me, Psycho Andy. Get in touch with the show by messaging me at otherstrangeness at gmail.com or at Strangeness Talk on Twitter. Very excited for today's episode. We're going to get strange with Wesley Griffin. Wesley, how's it going today, man? Oh, it's going good, man. How are you? Uh, I am doing wonderful. It is a nice overcast day out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... it's uh, it's been raining the last few days, which is a nice change of pace for us. Yeah, definitely. It's, I don't know. It's always really, really special out here when it does decide to grace our lovely little desert with a little bit of rain. I'm I'm pretty happy about it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Wes, you are the creator of all kinds of hell. I am. Yeah. A little fun, little uh, 36 page zine uh, compilation of horror comics short horror works that i've done from the years 2017 to 2020 cool cool so tell us about these stories yeah they well uh they just they sort of range in sort of different kinds of influences uh that i was sort of just taking an interest at the time depending on when i was drawing the comic like the first uh section is called Manic, and that was sort of around the time. This is sort of the last, that was 2017, so this is really the last grasps of me being sort of addicted to Tumblr and oh, okay. just looking at all kinds of artwork on that. And one thing that really struck me were these um, really bizarre Italian superhero comics like uh, Diabolique, and um, there's another one called Satanic, and they all sort of... I. The thing that struck me the most was particularly, um, I dedicate the first page to an artist named uh, Roberto Raviola. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty much, I think that's his real name, but his pen name um, was, I think it was Magnus. And that guy's artwork was really striking to me. And the thing that was, I really tried to replicate and embrace with that was the two panel grid mm. uh, or two, yeah, two panel layout. It just, I know it's funny, like I, it had never occurred to me, like, and now like I kind of see it everywhere. Like I realized that it wasn't the first time I was seeing stuff like that. Like I look at um, like the first Frank Miller, Sin City, and like he kind of utilizes that. And I thought, wow, that's a really like efficient way to kind of do sequential storytelling. Just one to a real fast um, reading experience. You can kind of breeze through it. And mm-hmm. also like with that, sort of large rectangle you can apply a great deal of either detail which i did not but you can like utilize your negative space and your whites and blacks and yeah you definitely um, did that yeah so that was a lot of fun they all kind of have this common theme of being you know like sexually charged kind of violent and you probably feature like a nice car or something like that and that was that was a challenge i had to draw i, I made myself draw a car which yeah. I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with at all but it looks great thank you that was so yeah and it that was that and then i'm trying to think uh, um, we get the, the, the phantom parallel came comes next in the compilation that was another one um that came about because i wanted to try and replicate an ec horror comic as best i could so yeah i can definitely see that lots of overwriting that was another (laughs) thing that was i'm not too comfortable with where i had to do the thing like a lot of silver age comics did of showing and telling 
where you know you see a panel and it's a torpedo being launched and then in the uh, caption box i'm describing in some flowery writing like the torpedo is launched the sea rumbles you know like things yeah. stuff like that which is a lot of fun but it's not something that i would it's not like the most to, yeah. to do yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not the most efficient use of storytelling but right it is it is a thing that was done and if you were trying to replicate that style which i think you succeeded in like that's you, you've got to do it you know the only thing i realized afterwards after that story was done was that the one thing it doesn't stay too true to a tales from the crypt vault of horror type comic is that it's not a morality tale it's just sort of bad things happening to people just because it's random but the sure. thing i notice now like when i look at vault of horror and tales from the crypt they kind of follow the model of people are bad and then fate punishes them by sending a zombie to be like all right well if you're going to be a shit then like the mm. ghouls are going to get you mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. this is sort of like you know like these people are in a submarine and they get lost and they're being chased and stalked by a gigantic octopus just because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I'll tell you, I, I, like I reread all these this morning because I was like, well, we're, we're talking today, so I should I should have these fresh in my mind. Uh, this is the one that probably struck me the most. Really? Um, yeah, because it's a bunch of semen, whatever, like stuck in a submarine. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no getting out of that. Yeah, I think right? like you're 20,000 leagues under the sea or whatever, like and something comes something goes wrong, like that's it the end mm -hmm. game over man yeah i think you know it, i'm sure i don't know when this question came up but i think it's something of like you know given the choice between the two would you rather be stuck in a spaceship or would you rather be stuck in a submarine i would rather take the spaceship all day the idea mm. of being stuck in like a confined space under water is terrifying to me Interesting. Interesting. I, I don't know how people do it <laughs> yeah i don't know if i have an answer for that actually i don't know which one i'd prefer i mean i'd prefer neither but if you yeah you, yeah for sure <laughs> neither, neither of those sounds like a good day let's see and then we got the fruit here which i think has maybe the most technical drawing of all of these that one came about Manic and then Phantom Parallel. Those are 2017 and I believe it's 2018. And then the following one. I tried to do it in sequential order from the year, but we'll get to it later. There's sure. one like towards the end where I kind of had to switch it around just because I had to do it. But we'll we'll get to that later sure. on. But uh, the the fruit really that was a really strange one that came about in the middle of me drawing something else. Um, hmm. sort of a, the, the sting comics that I had been trying to kind of work on and chip away during um, my internship of 2019. I was staying out in California for about three months and I figured like, you know, I only worked at my internship for four days out of the week. So I had a lot of downtime. And with that, when I wasn't going for walks on the beach and sort of driving around California, I was going to draw. And the fruit had kind of been intended to be something related to another comic. But then now I look at it and like, you know, this stands alone as its own fine, spooky, weird little thing. And I yeah. didn't really come about as 
strangely enough, like I thought of it, like going for a walk on like a nice sunny day on a beach. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing some seagulls and I thought, well, birds are freaky. And <laughs> I, I've always loved, I've always loved the movie American werewolf in London. Um, oh, sure. It's so magnificent. The transformation sequence is second to none. It still holds up to this day very very terrifying i've always been really freaked out by werewolves and transformation sequences in animation in general like i remember being a kid man and like it's funny like now it's not a big deal but there was the the 1970s hulk cartoon where yeah yeah, there were i remember the transformation sequences of bruce banner turning into the hulk being really scary to me Mm. as a kid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. guyver I had gotten a hold of uh, <laughs> some Guyver VHSs, rented those from Blockbuster when I was a kid, way too young to watch that anime. And sure. uh, the thing about Guyver, I'm not sure if a lot of people know about that manga or anime, but the thing about Guyver is sort of like the whole thesis statement of that show and book is like, well, what if common Rider like uh, Tokusatsu sort of like heroes were like kind of real well then if they were it would be really terrifying and Mm -hmm. it doubles down on that terror and horror of like a man transforming into a thing that's not a man anyway um so that was like uh sort of like an attempt just to do like a a a man to beast sort of uh transition in a comic And I mean, once you said American Werewolf in, in London, yeah, like I immediately saw it like, oh, right. That is, I mean, like, it's not a werewolf story, but I, yes, I see it. <laughs> right, right. And then we get Lights Out is the fourth story in here. This is, yeah. So Lights Out is actually the most contemporary one that was done in okay. 2020. And that going forward the next two stories are really are a little bit strange because they were not drawn in the typical comic book way that i had done with the previous three like the other three they're you know they're sketched out on regular eight and a half by 11 and then once i'm happy with that rough sketch for each of those pages i transfer them over to 11 by 17 well okay phantom parallel was not done that way i did that stupidly those were all drawn on 9 by 12 paper but anyway the uh, the other two were but then the thing about lights out was that that was drawn on individual pieces of eight and a half by 11 paper every panel was and Hmm then i brought those into photoshop and just spotted the blacks in photoshop instead of inking the whole thing and had designed composed each of those so that they would fit basically be something that could be applied to the wide panel or into a square to post onto instagram okay that's fascinating yeah. Next time we hang out in person, I'll, I can show you on my computer, like the files I have of like ones that were done, you know, like, like these are the color ones. These are the black and white ones. And mm-hmm, each of mm-hmm. those have like a wide and a square hmm. for, um, I knew at one point I was like, this can be something that can be translated onto a page in terms of like a, a sequential storytelling of like a sequence of panels. I'm not sure how I'm kind of intending it to be like sort of like the Darwin cook new frontier, like three wide panel thing, which is pretty much what I did for, for that one. 
Oh, so these but, are, are, yeah, three panels. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how that came about. And then the last one as well, the final story, the, the carving. Yeah. That was for Instagram as well. That was the final little comic uh, piece that I had done for uh, the Inktober that I had participated in in 2019. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. This is a good one to end on, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I... I totally understand why you would flop uh the last two and break the chronological order of them but yeah it was really like a page count thing i think Mm. i just couldn't figure out a way to have that one go before lights out and have Mm -hmm. lights out and the have the last page be like at the right number of pages that i needed for it to export into the right document that i could print um, for it to be saddle stitched. Yeah, man, those are those are fun. That's a fun thing that you don't have. Uh, uh, people who don't make these things don't think about, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's no, it's wild. I mean, I think one of the greatest things that helped me, and um, I'll repeat it for to help anyone else that's listening that is interested in being a creator, maker, um, illustrator, someone that's has a interest in putting visuals into a book format i listened to this interview with neil gaiman where he was talking about you know kind of learning his process of being a writer and he was talking about how important it was for him to know what he was writing and what page number he was on because on the right page i can build up he was saying these are his words now he's saying Mm -hmm. on the right page i can build up suspense and on the left page i can surprise you and that, yeah, that was huge for me to listen to that because it actually like it worked in real time. Like for example, like I showed the comic to someone, uh, a coworker of mine. We went and grabbed coffee, and she's sitting down and reading it. And the last story, the carving on the left page, that's when the beast, the monster, is revealed. Right, the last panel at the below is the little pumpkin demon thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) brandishing Mm -hmm. the knife and Mm -hmm. saying like you're gonna carve a face in my house will you and (laughs) it made her jump like she was not ready to see that little thing and she (laughs) and i was like i was you know at the same time it's like not that you know not that i get a kick out of scaring people but at the same time it's sort of like oh well awesome it worked you know yeah like gotcha yeah yeah uh, it's a it's a creepy little thing too. Yeah, and she well she she asked me like how'd you think of that? And I said I'm I'm really afraid of spiders. I, <laughs> I I drew the I drew the thing that I would be the most terrified of if it came out of a pumpkin and was threatening me with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Happy January, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I definitely want to ask more about uh, inspiration and everything. But before we go further, where can people get in touch with you to get a copy of this? Because I know it's not necessarily available in stores. Absolutely. If anyone with an Instagram would care to follow me, it's I'm at Wesley Griffith underscore. You can hit me up at through the dm and i will 
gladly send off a copy to you for the uh, price of $7. Each issue is uh, $7. And mm -hmm. if you're not on Instagram, you can email me at westgriff at hotmail.com. That's W-E-S-G-R-I-F-F at hotmail.com. And you can get a hold of me that way. And uh, otherwise, also all my contact information is on my portfolio website, which is wesleygriffith.com. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that seven bucks is basically taking care of the printing and shipping, right? So pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're not making a ton of money off those, but that is like, you know, hey, <laughs> these things no, do cost that was, to print and to mail that out. Was, so. That was a tough one, man. I still don't know how to like properly sell myself in the right way because um, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It was something I was literally deciding as I was uh, announcing it and writing the text for what I was going to charge. And I didn't feel right charging a comic because it's not it's not huge. It's not some, you know, prestige format thing. The size of it is... Yeah, um, it looks like it's uh, eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper folded in half. Yeah, basically. and cut down just slightly. But um, okay. yeah, I just didn't feel right selling that for more than $10. Sure. But sure. at the same time, you know, people have also been very kind and generous and have you know paid me 20 because they were just like this is worth that and that you know for all of you uh lisa alicia and anybody else i'm forgetting thank you um, yeah yeah I, I think it's definitely worth uh, uh you know comics is and, and this is this has been become an unintentional theme of uh <laughs> of the podcast so far but comics are really hard to make yeah and take a lot of time yeah and I was talking with with Val Hoshberger in the first episode and, and we were saying like it's it's weird that you can go to a, a convention, COVID notwithstanding, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you pay 10, 15 bucks for an 11 by 17 print, right, mm -hmm. for, for one drawing. And then you buy the comic book and it's between five and 10 and you're getting like 100 drawings. Right. For right. And it's like, well, that's that the math on that doesn't doesn't work out at all, no. uh, except in theory, you're selling more copies of the comic, which you know, all of us who have done conventions know that's not necessarily always true. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then you have to, you have to factor in, you know, yeah. How much is, did this thing cost me? You know, how much does the paper cost? How much does the ink cost? How much does it cost me to get printed? How much does the, the saddle stitch cost? Which, which is cool. Cause I don't see a lot of saddle stitch comics. Yeah. I'm debating whether or not to continue with that. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I like it because of how unique it is, but I also understand, you know, yeah, that's, that's an extra expense. That's an extra bit of work to have done. It is. Uh, and it's also the thing that I worry about is time. Like if that thing falls apart, and yeah. you know, it very well might, you know, it's a, that's a hard thing to ask of your, you know, your customer, the person that owns your, the thing that you've made to, you mm -hmm. know, re-saddle stitch a comic <laughs> that maybe the string just didn't fall apart. So I think probably moving forward, uh, when I make like a new zine or comic, it'll be go back to the staple. The problem is, it's just, I really like the way that when you do the saddle stitch, it opens up so much and like, and like in such a better way in my opinion yeah but yeah. i don't know we'll see yeah yeah so no i think seven bucks for i mean that's you know a five dollar comic plus two to buck shipping basically right like that i think that's fair mm -hmm. um so and the seven dollars does that include shipping right yeah yeah so yeah that's not bad at all for a I mean, it's a yeah, thirty-six page comic and you get stuff from from marvel and dc and you're looking at 20 pages there so uh for four dollars so like that's yeah fair enough yeah um 
That's and this is all you. This is this is all your stuff. Like there's no this is, you know, no one else uh, had any had any had anything to do with this except for possibly printing it. No, I mean even printing it that I was able to do in my house with a uh, a brother printer. Oh wow! Yeah, and the paper as well. I bought myself. Um, I had been I had been familiar with that paper before. Uh, I had used it in design school, and mm-hmm. I just always had liked it and made it a point to write down what it was you know what honestly i should probably i kind of feel like digging around and finding it just so other (laughs) folks can if you're interested in this kind of stuff and want to get some at kelly paper in tempe arizona yeah um, or wherever you happen to be yeah or wherever you happen to be um the hammer mill premium color copy 32 pound uh paper that's eight and a half by 11 Mm mm-hmm yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's pretty nice paper. But yeah, the, yeah, basically it was just a something that I had I had just done here, and I had plenty of practice over the summer. Um, be due to quarantine, I had kind of you know like sort of just went crazy and just started <laughs> making stuff. Um, no longer having access to ASU's like design school like printers and stuff. Yeah, um, that kind of hurt. And I just sort of missed being able to print whatever I wanted. So sure. I, I regarded getting the buying the brother printer as sort of like a necessary thing. Like at the very, very least, it can only print in black and white. It can only print eight and a half by 11. But let's just see what we can do with that. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. It's been a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love the book. Uh, I definitely hope that people who listen to this uh, get in touch with you in the next couple of weeks here. And, and uh, you know, someone, I hope someone picks it up. <laughs> I think y'all should. That'd be great. Anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Wes, we've been friends for like 15 or so years. Oh, uh, man. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm really excited to get into this. Yeah. <laughs> Secret so, origins. So it, it occurred to me, I don't know why you like drawing. <laughs> like, I don't know what your inspiration is. What what got you started? Mm. I know you and I became friends because we both read American comic books. Right. Uh, with splashes of, of anime and, and old cartoons and stuff. For yeah, sure. It crossover. Right. But like what what made you want to make comics that's a good question um honestly i think at a very impressionable age like four or five um i sort of i have two brothers and like any kid i feel like you sort of have a period of like really worshiping your older brother and um my older brother had uh comics and I just, you know, this is around the early 90s, so it's sort of the image era, and Dark Horse was firing on all cylinders at that point as well. And I remember kind of looking at that stuff with him and just, I don't know, really, really loving it. And from there, sort of um, branching out into exploring other comics as well, like manga. Um, Mm -hmm. In the mid-90s, Viz and Dark Horse started pushing like you know manga to the american market like pretty hard but it wasn't this is still like pre-pokemon where it's just sort of like where man it literally felt like i was the only person on earth looking at this stuff yeah 
I was like, does anybody, <laughs> does anybody know that the Japanese are printing these like weird black and white comics where it just <laughs> seems like they can kind of do whatever they want? So there was that. And I always loved animation. Um, I it's it's hard because, you know, it's been outed that the guy that created it's a real, you know, dirt bag. But I loved sure. I, I loved Ren and Stimpy. I worshipped that cartoon. Sure. It was yeah. the greatest thing I had ever seen. And um yeah, like a lot of stuff uh, like that. I watched Cartoon Network all the time mm-hmm, and just, mm-hmm. yeah, was very attracted to the idea of like, wow, like if you, the things you can do when you put a pencil to paper, like you can, it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, you can it's do literally, yeah, you, it, it, I mean, you can do literally anything, anything you want, anything yeah. you want. You can make, you know, anything from Schoolhouse Rock to Akira. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 the same thing. It doesn't seem like it is, but it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's lines on paper effectively. And then, you know, when you yeah, when you're animating it, it's a lot of a lot of those. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Good call. So that got you got you into into comics and stuff. But like what made you want to make your own? Hmm. Uh, is, there, okay. is there anything in specific or is it just like, hey, these are cool. I want to do it, too. No, the specific one, once I started drawing my own, it was after I had encountered Calvin and Hobbes for the first time. Really? Calvin okay. and Hobbes was the first thing, uh, first comic I saw that made me take comics seriously. And what I mean by that is that I saw those when I was probably six or seven around the time that I'm in first grade and Mm -hmm. my education you know they're taking steps like you know you need to learn how to read right right so you're getting the typical like c-spot run sort of education but seeing calvin and Hobbes was the first thing like i saw that was like it made like the artwork was so impressive to me that i took it upon myself to feel like okay like I'm going to sit down and on my own time, I'm going to read this, even though I'm a new reader and there's a lot of stuff I'm not going to quite get. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. We're just going to try and like try. I, I have to understand this completely. Hmm. Yeah. Like, mm. so that was, that was huge. And from that, because it was so wonderful, like reading, going through and reading those, I tried to imitate it as well. I have like these horrible, like really crude, like, I don't know, like faux Calvin and Hobbes where I had my own character that was basically like a kid in a blue shirt instead of, it's so weird. I've never talked about this before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what it was, but I remember it was like a, a little boy who had, you know, well, Calvin has blonde hair. My character has black hair. Calvin has a red shirt with horizontal lines on it. My character had a blue shirt with a checkerboard lines on it. Okay. And, you know, completely, like, shamelessly derivative of Calvin right, and Hobbes. Right. I f- but also, like, when you're, yeah, six yeah. or seven years old, like, what, you... Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. going to, I wasn't going to make Mouse. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and I, I think even before that, like, I... I always uh, the another thing that was huge on me was I loved um, Godzilla and monster movies and dinosaurs. So mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. that love and fascination translated into like, well, I have to learn how to draw dinosaurs because dinosaurs are are 
I'm, I'm a six-year-old boy. Those are the most important things in the world to me. <laughs> you know, like I, I was, I remember thinking about it one time. I was like, man, there was a time in my life where literally like I would go into Blockbuster and if there was a dinosaur on the cover of a movie, it had to be seen. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, there's a dinosaur on the cover. It has to be good. Oh man. Yeah. 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 Um, I miss, I miss feeling that way about, oh, <laughs> about things sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. The sense of wonder. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard, man. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's nice um, when something does come along and it just sort of brings that back to you. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people our age are chasing it. That's why like Cobra Kai exists <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, I was thinking, about just how many bad sequels there are to things. And um, I mean, I was thinking about Terminator specifically, and I was thinking like, like I, I don't hate any of the Terminator movies. Sure. I like some of them more than others. Terminator 2 obviously being my favorite, but I was thinking about Dark Fate specifically. And I was like, man, that's such a weird movie because it just, it kind of tells you everything you know from all the other movies doesn't happen. But then it tells this incredible story of its own. Mm-hmm. And I, I like I know the audience is kind of split on that movie and, and some people really like it and some people really don't. Yeah. Um, and it made me think like, yeah, there there is a point where everyone just kind of wants the sequel to be basically like really. I think a lot of people don't really want a sequel. They just want to read the same thing again. They want Force Awakens. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think everyone just wants Star Wars again. I think everyone wants Star Wars A New Hope again, right? Like, yeah. like, and everyone wants that sense of wonder and that sense of awe that the thing brought to them the first time. Sure. And it's never going to happen no. with a sequel. Yeah. Right? It's so, yeah. Right. It's sort of just like, you know, it's, it's hard for you to feel the same way about Christmas once you find out, well, like, well, there is no Santa Claus. Sure. You no. Know? Sure. But spoiler, that's yeah. Sorry, that's an unfair analogy because you can still feel really pretty like rad about Christmas. Because I mean, I don't know, you know, it doesn't it's, come, it doesn't come from a store. It means a little bit more, as Doctor Six taught us. <laughs> um, the thing about Christmas is, I think Christmas loses its magic when you know what you're getting ahead of time. Yeah, well, it loses your. Ma- I was listening to something and like the this guy said, uh, you get to a point in your life where Christmas just makes you feel poor. Uh, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah i was like yeah word yep. <laughs> and yeah again there's nothing wrong with christmas but there is everything wrong with capitalism so that's the problem yeah. <laughs> uh yeah neither of us are uh economists incidentally so we, we just have our opinions on the way that uh exactly i'm not saying i'm not saying get rid of money please <laughs> if anything invent more money <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so calvin and Hobbes. okay yeah. yeah and then so so i'm gonna extrapolate this and tell me if i'm if i'm right or not sure um in your not calvin and Hobbes, was the tiger a dinosaur is that where that was going you know what i actually think it was i think i based it off my, one of my own stuffed animals which was like a okay. um a sort of the pterodactyl that doesn't have the, the thing at the end of its head that protrudes 
mm-hmm. um, the smooth, the bald-headed pterodactyl. <laughs> sure, that one. Um, I had one of those, and I think I gave. I think I just applied that little thing to to him, or maybe the boy didn't have a stuffed animal. Maybe it was just him and his imagination, where like he, you know, does the things that Calvin does when he's imagining things, where he's as, you know, big as, uh, like, you know, he you know, does all the things that Calvin does. Right, right. I don't think I ever tried doing comic comics until I had met I had met you years later and taken the cartooning class at SCC. But oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, no, that's not true because I feel like I made like some like feeble attempts on eight and a half by 11 paper when I had started to hang out with uh, Rob a little bit. Sure, And we yeah. had started... Um, so I guess backtracking, um, I had always drawn on the back of paper in school all the time. It was actually mm-hmm. like prop, my teachers hated it because it's like, <laughs> great, like, you know, you're definitely not paying attention. And I definitely was not sure. um, because I was trying to, you know, imagine, you know, what ultimate Batman would look like. <laughs> it's around the early 2000s and the ultimates was a very huge book for me sure I, yeah. yeah i had wished so much that uh it would be applied to dc and then later we got the new 52 i was like never mind i take back my wish <laughs> <laughs> fair enough there was an amazing issue of a uh, wizard from that time period where they had uh-huh. done like an um, imagine the ultimate dc universe i I know specifically what article you're talking about because I also randomly bought that issue of Wizard at one point. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. It was I one of the things I really loved is they re their reimagining of um, Jim Gordon for Batman was that like it was just Morgan Freeman. They drew <laughs> they just they drew Morgan Freeman from Seven and like they're like yeah like this is this is what Commissioner Gordon is and this and I was like I, I was kind of all about it. And then funny thing enough, years later, uh, you get um, Batman Begins. I'm like, oh, cool. Morgan Freeman's in a Batman movie. He's not Commissioner Gordon, but just as well. Yeah. 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 Huh. Interesting. I never put that together. So drawing forever. And then, yeah, so you were, I, I was older. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, I was pr- properly in college for the, as long as that took me. Uh, but you and, you and Rob were still in high school. Um, yeah. Around the time I had met Rob Barnett in eighth grade, and he was the only, like man, it was a different time in the early two thousands, at least for mm-hmm. where I was living and where I was going to school in Phoenix, in Arizona and Scottsdale specifically. You just did not. I did not meet anybody else that was into comic books. No one. It was completely yeah. like a solitary interest and passion thing that I was. Just not even a passion, just something that I was into that I enjoyed, right? And none of my other dickhead friends that I was hanging around with were like about it at all. And until I remember I had an art class in middle school and I walked by Rob's desk and I saw him drawing like Spider Man and a really good Spider Man where he had constructed Mm -hmm. it, you know, the way you construct a head with ovals and whatnot. And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. that's. He's like using shapes and he, and he made Spider-Man with them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I got to talk to this guy and that's how our relationship began. And like, we started 
trading comics with each other. And I, I remember it's funny. Like I showed him, I brought my trade of Sin City and it like blew his mind. He's like, he's like, there's like, there's, there's breasts in this. There's like a naked woman in this comic, like at the very beginning. And I was like, oh, yeah, um, for sure. Like that was like, you know, it, it felt like we were trading it felt like trading porn (laughs) sure um but anyway and uh i just i i don't know i was always like i was always in love with the that his ability to draw and Mm -hmm. i wanted that for myself and because the way i drew wasn't you know i i had no construction i would just put a line down and like go until it looked something like a dude or something like a batman sure Um, yeah and yeah from there he said well there's this class i take at scc and scottsdale community college go artichokes and um yeah why don't you sign up and come with me like it's fun there's like you know there's a bunch of people that are also into comics as well and i said like well i'm not sure and he's like no man just do it so i did and then yeah man that's uh that's how i met you yeah yeah that's uh man and i think i had uh, I ended up taking that class. You and I both took that class several times. Yeah. Uh, no, I couldn't. Get it yeah, yeah. I took it a year before, um, and then for some reason didn't. I, I don't know. Like there was like a year between when I took it the first time and the second time. Uh, and Rob happened to be in both of those, and uh, so it was like, oh, cool, Rob's here, great. And then like he brought a new friend, and I was like, oh, cool, who's who's this guy? And then uh, <laughs> we argued about, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? Captain Captain Cold. Captain Cold. Yeah. yeah yeah and uh <laughs> I, i've told you this before man but like me being 17 you being 24 and a guy that was you know into comics and stuff i didn't meet i didn't know anybody else that was into comics at all other than rob so for me i thought you were like the coolest fucking human being <laughs> that I had ever met and i desperately wanted to be your friend or for you oh, to no. at least like like me <laughs> I remember I thought I had like kind of blown it because I, you know, like I, like anything, like you kind of, you kind of get overzealous when sure. you're, uh, when you're young and you're like, all right, I, I gotta, you know, I got, I gotta like fucking prove myself or something. I don't know, like figure out some way to like, uh, you know, vie for this man's affections. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the feeling, though, I remember being really uh, super... I feel like the thing that did it was when I had found out that your interests were for anime and manga as well, mm-hmm. other than American comics. Because mm-hmm. Rob mm-hmm. liked American comics, but he did not, like, he did not understand manga or anime at all. For him, he was just like, this, okay. this, this, this is just a weird thing, and I don't, I don't really get it. Um, but you got it. And I remember you and I had like a very lengthy discussion about devil man um, (laughs) because you're the only human being I'd met other than my older brother that had seen that. Okay. Okay. VHS tape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh boy. Oh man. And yeah, that was, that was great. And then later I think you and uh, Jolene invited me out to dinner at YC's. And I remember that was like, I was like, Oh cool. Like I'm, I'm having dinner with the, the adults. (laughs) <laughs> yeah see that's that's so funny because to me it was just like oh yeah wesley's this guy in class like me and joe are going out we're gonna go grab dinner like hey wes why don't you come along mm-hmm. and like yeah i i like to me the difference in our ages didn't matter 
uh and and, and honestly like yeah after like yeah. we had become friends and stuff it really didn't like it kind of no. like like yeah went away yeah like i don't give a shit how old you are like hey if you're if you're cool you're cool if you're an asshole you're an asshole like i don't you know, whatever. I, I, I don't hang out with shitty people, so uh, take that for whatever you think it's worth. Yeah. Um, Everybody stop hanging out with shitty people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the secret. <laughs> it, I mean, like, I just, I don't have time to be mad all the time, you know? Right. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want to be upset about things. I don't want to, you know, like, I, it's just, hey, here's this kid that's in my class and like, you know, his, his drawing's like it's not the best but like you know it's he's young and like he's figuring stuff out but like hey he knows who captain cold is so even though i think he's wrong in his opinion about the character he knows who he is so he can't be that bad uh (laughs) and then you became a much better artist as time went on and yeah yeah and then we ended up living together for a couple years and stuff so that's right um it's it's really weird like a lot of like amazing wonderful things happened um (laughs) Oh, God damn it. For, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's really strange. Like, meeting Rob, like, kind of allowed me to become the person that I am now. And then I'm really grateful for how mm-hmm. it turned out because mm-hmm. I meet Rob, then I meet you, then I meet Dan and Jen. And mm-hmm. that relationship and friendship begins. And then you and I, I move in. I meet your roommates who are Jason and Anna. And then eventually needing a place to live, I move in there. And then from there, because I'm going to SCC at that time, then I go to Prague and I meet um, my now ex-girlfriend. But then years later from that trip, talk to her again, decide to move back to Phoenix to be with her and pursue um, schooling again and going to school at ASU for graphic design and getting my bachelor's degree. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Life is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, yeah, that is a pretty straight singular line back to that, that day that Rob happened to be drawing Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, it was all wonderful. There's a lot of, you know, hiccups and Oh, for sure. For sure. All that stuff in between. But like, if I'm gonna, you know, if, if we're gonna, you know, paraphrase our lives, it's not that it's a pretty, that's, it's a pretty good, it's not bad. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Thing is, (laughs) thing is anybody listening, like if you don't feel like you're living in a way where you're being true to yourself and you're feeling unhappy because of that, then try to live in a way where you're being true to yourself and who you are a lot. Meeting yeah. Rob and meeting you made me realize that I could live in a way where I was being true to myself in the sense mm-hmm. that my love for the strange things that I love is not, not unworthy of my time and energy. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, you know, I, I call the show other strangeness because yeah, like we're all in me and my friends are all into strange things. Mm hmm. You know, like we're not following whatever the mainstream thing is. We're not following whatever the record companies are shoving down our throats on the radio. We're not following just whatever's on TV. Like we all go out and find things we like and just enjoy those things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those things are stuff you've heard of. And sometimes, yeah, it's it's Giver or Devilman (laughs) or whatever. Like, um, 
but you know because because we all tend to like whatever energy you're putting out there you tend to attract back to yourself uh i tend to attract pretty creative people mm. and so that's i mean that's the basis of this show is like hey i have a lot of friends that make a lot of cool stuff and uh some of it isn't super well known so if a couple extra people can hear about a thing you're right if a couple extra people can fi- hear about all kinds of hell or or jeff pina's dr oblivion's guide to teenage dating or uh Kayan's i want to be the guy or or val's mystery babylon like hey great yeah you know or or whoever i have on in the future um a couple extra people can, can hear about hawk and croc or the weird stuff i'm posting on psychoanity.com like great you know um right let's 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 put some more strangeness into the world let's let's open up people's brains and minds to other things than just you know exactly and yeah yeah also encourage other makers especially in this time right now where we're all be like stuck at home for a while like well just get back to making then like now you really don't have the excuses of you know like well i gotta drive from this point to this place and i um got all these things that are you know getting in the way of something now you know of course you're always going to have things that are going to get in the way of whatever project that uh, passion project that you're pursuing but you know if it really is that important to you you can make it your uh you know your a-list priority and not a c-list priority and then just sort of like go and hammer hammer at that sword man (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i know i know for myself like you know, I ride public transportation. So for me, it's an hour each way to and from the office. And so having, <laughs> having this year, uh, I've, I've gotten to make a lot of cool stuff. I've gotten to do a lot of cool art. Uh, not all of it I have shared, not all of it I'm ready to talk about publicly, but like, you know, I, I've been able to do a lot of cool things that, you know, just that couple extra hours a day, like that's, a, that's been a huge benefit to me. And, um, you know, like I, I, I'm excited to go back to the office because I'm just tired of being stuck at home. But, uh, you know, we're not we're not at a place yet, especially in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're not at a place where it's it's safe to start riding the buses all the time again, yeah. at least in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I'm going to wait a little while longer. Uh, but I don't know. In the meantime, I'm yeah, I'm going to keep, you know, making stuff. And, and I mean, this podcast wouldn't exist without that extra time, probably. Yeah, absolutely. So, I this was this was so inspiring to me when I heard it, um, and I'm I'll I'll repeat it in, in a very paraphrased way. Um, mm-hmm. Around the beginning of the pandemic, uh, probably in April or so, the, I was driving in my car and listening to uh, NPR, and they were interviewing a, uh, a very well-renowned Italian chef, like the kind of guy that like, you're going to pay like a grand to eat what this guy makes for you. He's a master Mm -hmm. at his craft of making food. Mm -hmm. And due to, you know, Italy got hit pretty bad um, COVID in the summertime. And he was forced to like a lot of people stay at home, but he's a creative man and he's a master at the thing he's creative at. So he decides to, um, start doing cooking courses online through Instagram. Like you could follow this guy on Instagram and you can learn to make food from a master chef for free Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's what he wanted to do with his time. And they were interviewing this guy and he was discussing that whole thing. And in the middle of it, 
he was talking about, you know, like now is the time for all the creatives out there to be doing the thing that they feel passionate and the thing that, that they're best at creatively. Yeah. Um, you know, like people that are into, uh, drawing, like get your hand as on as much paper and pens as you can and just sit down and hammer away. People that are into writing, like open up your computer and just like write or, you know, draft it with a pen or pencil. Sure. And yeah. he was saying, um, and I don't know if this is true or not. Anybody that's, uh, you know, has a better grasp of history than I do, please feel free to correct me. But he was saying that he's like, you know, in Shakespeare's time, he had to deal with the bubonic plague and he was also stuck at home in a situation like a lot of us are in right now. And in that time, he used it to write King Lear and Macbeth. So who knows like what anybody else that's stuck at home right now will be making that can be a, uh, I don't know, a, an oasis or just a, a just a real like. I don't know, yeah. fucking geyser of creativity, you know? <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah. So there are those things, right? We talk about this a lot, you and me, of these mega hyper creative people that make a thing that other creatives look at and you're like, well, there it is. It's got to be this now. Like there was, you know, there's there's a time before Mobius makes Arzak and makes heavy metal. And there's a time after that where a lot of people look at that and are like, oh, well, it's, it's got to be this now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's a time before Image Comics and there's a time after Image Comics, Absolutely. right? Yeah. There's um, uh, I, what is that? Benchmark? Is that the term I'm thinking of? Yeah. Benchmark, milestone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's several terms depending on how you want to phrase it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even stuff like that's always interesting to me where like I don't even, I just take it as is, but didn't realize that it's a certain person that it, like the kind of thing comes on specifically I'm thinking of uh, uh, Barry Windsor Smith that a lot of people imitated the faces that that guy drew based on his Conan the Barbarian work and I didn't really know that until like I had you know heard it being said and then I look at it I'm like oh wow yeah you're right like there is a lot of people that like drew this way because of this guy interesting yeah yeah I don't think I've heard that before either but uh uh, from the little Barry Windsor Smith Conan I have seen. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and you know, this doesn't just apply to comics, right? Uh, I know this. <laughs> I didn't intend for this to become a comic book podcast in general. Uh, it's just a lot of my friends are artists. So, hey, sorry. I mean, um, film too. Like, you know, yeah, 2001 yeah. Space Odyssey. You don't get Star Wars, like, right for, right. for that. I was going to say, I mean, there's a time before jaws and then we have summer blockbusters oh man oh man i was i was hanging out with someone um someone that was also in the program and uh, a lot of the people in the design program i went to uh i'm now i'm the older guy i'm like 10 years older than most of them and we were talking about movies and stuff and jaws came up and she said i've never seen jaws and i said i'm jealous of you because (laughs) i'm i'm not even kidding like you get to go on that ride for the first time and you're gonna have most most likely you're gonna have a good time watching jaws like i've every time i revisit jaws i'm just kind of like god damn it you made a perfect movie (laughs) this is wonderful (laughs) but see that goes back to the thing we were talking about before where like you know yeah she she gets to go through that ride of jaws and you want to go through that again Mm mm-hmm 
right? But like Jaws 2 certainly wasn't that ride again. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Unfortunately, Jaws is like a franchise where it is just kind of like, yeah, like we only really, you only kind of needed one. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, Jaws is a franchise. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I feel that way about a lot of things, man. Like there's a lot of movies where like, oh yeah, you know, you really could have stopped at one, sometimes two, sometimes two. Right. I don't think I don't like, Again, T2 is my favorite movie. I don't think Terminator, uh, uh, you know, passed the test of time without that second movie. No, uh, I I agree. I, you know, for me, whenever, if, if and when Terminator ever comes up and if someone were to be curious about the preceding um, films that follow Terminator 2, I just say, I'm like, yeah, you can dismiss those, honestly. Like, I yeah. think I, for me, like, again, like, I think there's, there's only three Star Wars movies. There's only three Alien movies. There's only two Terminator movies. And that's sort of like where I, you know, that's my old man, like folding his arms <laughs> and saying harumph to the universe uh, moment. I think, there's only, I think there's only one Alien movie and it's the second one. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but let's not. Uh, but, but that's okay because, you know, well, we're all allowed to, have, to like different things. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, uh, you know, hey, if you like Jaws 3D, dude awesome i <laughs> so happy that you like that movie you know god bless uh, yeah like no but legitimately like i i don't know yeah like, no for sure the the thing is is like we can all like again this goes back to the i don't hang out with shitty people because i don't have time to be mad about things right exactly I, if you're if, if your line in the sand is like well i can't hang out with wes because he loves jaws 3d then like good god <laughs> like you need help <laughs> well also like there's people who just get mad they're like why do they keep making shitty sequels i don't know just don't watch them like just just stop paying for them stop giving them money they'll stop making sequels to stuff it's their job i mean you know they do it because it's their job (laughs) everyone's yeah i mean in covid covid really showed this right there are a lot of shows and a lot of movies that just didn't end up happening because the money wasn't there Mm -hmm. right there's the the fallout in entertainment from from uh 2020 is going to be fascinating to watch yeah because you know marvel and dc canceled a bunch of books uh because they were like well sales were already pretty low and now there's no sales so cool we're not even going to finish this five issue miniseries Mm -hmm. like like wait what like you're not uh, there's one issue left to go and they're like well we'll put it out digitally it's like wow that's that sucks you know that's that's pretty i mean for for the OCD inclined, which I believe you and I are, um, I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, but uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but like it, it's, but it, it, my point is, is like if there's not money in a thing, they're not gonna make it, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. if you if you don't want to see more Star Wars movies, well, cancel your Disney Plus subscription, right? You know, if you don't want to see more jaws movies will stop you know stop buying jaws t-shirts when a new movie comes out sure you, know, you don't want to see jurassic world 3 well then don't buy the blu-rays of the other ones right like whatever you know you don't want to uh you don't want a new call of duty game we'll stop buying them every year wait a minute how do you feel about the jurassic park sequels <laughs> do you um, feel like do you feel like because i am also the mindset where like jurassic park is also just kind of one movie yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jurassic Park one is kind of perfect, and I think the rest are fun fan fiction stories. Okay, cool. I'm with you. Uh, like, yeah. I I also feel like Terminator two is the best one, and all the other Terminator movies are fan fiction, even the first one. 
Um, Very well. So, yeah. yeah. So, but whatever. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Fan fiction is fine. There's nothing wrong with fan fiction. Nothing you wrong know? with I mean, fan fiction. You know, if, if, if you want to, if you and I decide we want to sit down and write a, a, a badass, you know, Superman story, hey, man, that's as long as we're not, you know, making money on it and breaking, you know, copyright infringement and stuff, like, who sure. cares? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, uh, boy, this conversation did not go where I thought it was going to today. No, it's okay, man. I mean, <laughs> I feel totally like we fine. definitely covered the things I knew that we yeah. were going to get into, <laughs> like uh, the comic for one, promoting that, and then sure. also talking yeah. about who you know who the hell you and I are and how we met and yeah, love, yeah. Which uh, and I, I mean, I, listen, I for for anyone in the audience who who I don't know, I'm always a little paranoid about people who are skeptical. Like I did not have Wesley on to have him talk about how cool of a friend I've been or whatever. Like I had him on cause I, Wes makes cool art and I, I want to talk to him about that. And I, I want to, you know, help him sell a couple of more copies of his book. Yeah. Um, and I didn't and, like talking to you. Yeah. Also you're really fun to talk to. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, you're the first person other than my little brother that was also into Ranma one half. Oh yeah, that yeah. was a huge thing too of you and I talking about that all the time, <laughs> and like just being so I don't know like Rumi, looking at Rumiko Takahashi's artwork, which I I feel like I do at least like once a year where I do a deep deep dive into like yeah into into her work, and I'm just I'm just so impressed every single time. Like it's so awesome. That's a like yeah. Uh- yeah, I understand that Rumiko Takahashi's work is not necessarily to everybody's taste, mm-hmm. but like, man, I don't know if I've ever found a line out of place in any of her work. No, man, it's so clean. And the the other thing, it's just it was kind of funny. Like in the re- past, like six years, you, I remember, you know, and this is great. Mm-hmm. By the way, like you know, a lot of like you know, a lot of focus was put on women in comics as being like an important thing to really talk about. And that is, that is awesome. But it like, it kind of like, it was kind of funny to me. I was like, man, why is no one talking about Rumiko Takahashi? Cause like there was a time, I don't know if it's the case anymore, but I remember reading in a issue of uh, an America for all of you that remember that fine magazine. Um, For all of you that remember magazines. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where they said, uh, you know, she was the richest woman in Japan and it's all because yeah. of, because she drew comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, between, uh, uh, Urusei Yatsura and then Ranma one half and then Inuyasha, like, yeah, those were all the same person. All the same made those, person. those three series guys. It's always, <laughs> like, it's always, that's funny. Like Inuyasha too, depending on like, uh, who it is of a certain age that I'm talking to. When I talk mm-hmm. about Rimiko Takahashi, I always bring up like, like, well, have you seen Inuyasha? Like that's kind of the one that's sort of, like you, yeah, it's, it, it aired on American television, you know? Right. Rama right. one it's, half, you had to go to like, you had to go to Suncoast to get that. <laughs> you had to know about Ranma one half in order to find out about Ranma one half. It's funny though. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Like thing of YouTube as a phenomenon where you get to realize like, Oh, here are the other, here are all the other people that liked Ranma one half as well. You know, that's true. It's beyond yeah. like myself, beyond you and uh, my little brother, because he watched it with me with me as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, like I remember like Tumblr also as well. Like I did not know like people love Devilman and not just the OVA, like the manga. Mm. Like That's a weird mm-hmm. thing, like due to people doing scans of manga and translating it. 
and putting it up online, like Devil Man, like it took, you know, from 1972 to 2014, but Devil Man found its American audience <laughs> because of the yeah. internet. Yeah. Which I yeah. love, you know? Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Hey, uh, Wes, how did you find out about Ronmo One Half? I, just incidentally. Oh, that was, um, okay. This is around the time, uh, when anime to me, when I was kind of discovering that, I was just super into it because it was, it was, you know, other strangeness. It was strange. It was beyond mm-hmm. the norm. It was a cart. I, I loved cartoons, but I was suddenly engaged with these cartoons that didn't look like anything like uh, any other cartoons I had seen, you know, like it was, you know, it, the difference between Batman, the animated series and super friends and uh, seeing Guyver and devil man and uh, Rama one half is, it's a big leap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big, big jump. And it was just, I don't know, like that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was just something really a- attractive to all that. It seemed also like dangerous as well, because like, it was like, well, crap, like this is messed up. Cause it seems like you can just do whatever you want in these things. And now in hindsight, I'm really glad that I never accidentally like rented something that I saw later as a 21 or 20 something year old. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, man, like, I'm really glad I didn't accidentally rent this from like Blockbuster or something, you like know, as a kid and then have your parents walk in while you're watching it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, let me tell you, like when I got that VHS of the first Devilman OVA, it felt like like it felt like so dangerous <laughs> to be watching that. Like, yeah. I just knew I was like, if mom walks in right now, I'm going to be in all the trouble in the world. Like, yeah. this is like, yeah. this feels like someone should call the police for like <laughs> watching this. <laughs> I'm de- like, it was like very apparent to me. Like I should not be seeing this. I should not mm-hmm. be seeing this, but I can't mm-hmm. look away. <laughs> sure. Sure. So, so Ronma was just one of the tapes you rented from Blockbuster because uh, you were into anime. Yeah. Yeah. Or- it, okay. I'm trying That's to think of what the order would have been. Yeah. I, I'm I can't remember if I saw had the manga first or saw the anime first. Okay, you okay. know what? I rented the anime first, but it was also weird because uh I accidentally rented the the second tape which has like the third and fourth episode. So I'm basically introduced right. to the whole world with like, you know, Kuno is established. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is right. you and i have talked about that character a lot who's just Whoa, one of I, one of my yeah, favorites man. like the first the first like three seasons of rama one half are just so great yeah and it, it kind of falls off after that for me but like those first yeah two or three seasons uh probably probably the third season is is where it like those three are just kind of perfect mm-hmm. um uh, and I love the movies and the OVAs as well. And like, you know, it went seven years. So like that's there's there's a lot of it out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those first three, I just I love them so much. Um, and all, all the characters and all the all the everything. Uh, yeah, I I found out about it on the school on the, uh, on a bus to summer camp one year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the campers I went with uh, and it was like a day camp, like we didn't stay overnight or anything. But like he one day brought a shoebox full of uh Japanese comics and and he I think he pronounced it manja <laughs> yeah because uh, you know it was 1993 like we didn't know I'd never heard the word before um but m-a-n-g-a right how do you pronounce that right and uh 
it's 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 manga is as close a pronunciation as you can get without actually speaking Japanese. Sure. Uh, but yeah, he said manga and he told me it was the art of Japanese comic collecting. Um, <laughs> but again, like we were 10 years old, like we didn't know. Hey, I mean, and... even the adults were calling it Japanimation. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> These are people in charge. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I lived in Massachusetts, we had a West Coast video with a Japanimation section. Uh huh. Yeah, like Hollywood the, Video. The... I feel like had that too, if I remember correctly, or at least Suncoast I think, did. I think Hollywood's was just called Animation, and so it was like that's right. Yeah, it's it's like adult cartoons. You know, it was it was not the stuff that wouldn't go in the kids section would get dumped in there. Right. Um. Yeah. But like, yeah, West Coast Video straight up had a, a two-shelf Japanimation section. Um, but yeah, that was my introduction to Ranma and Gundam. And uh, oh, there were a couple of others in there that, uh, it, I mean, 1993 was quite a while ago. So oh God, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't remember all the things. But yeah, definitely Gundam and Ranma. That was the first time I'd heard about either of those. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, found the Ranma uh, VHS Volume 2 at Hollywood Video. And uh, so my brother and I rented the the volume two and the the first movie, which we later found out takes place like way later in the series. Yeah, you're like, it's always kind of funny watching stuff out of, man, I watch, I feel like I watched everything out of order as a kid. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was anything I ever saw that was like sequential until I was an adult. Um, <laughs> like I remember like back to the future was like that for me. I saw the second one before I saw the first one, which was really oh, weird. No. Cause I watched, <laughs> yeah, dude. Cause you watch, I'm watching the first one. I was like, Oh, okay. Now <laughs> that third act of that other movie I watched kind of yeah, makes a bit. Now more it sense. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time I was kind of bored cause I was like, well, I've seen this before. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah i don't know but don't get me wrong back to the future is still an awesome movie and everything oh, but uh yeah um let's see what's another one um the the oh, tenchi franchise i saw the movie first oh oh yeah oh boy. and yeah. then i saw well i mean it's cool though because tenchi like that that first movie the time travel one it's pretty easy to understand it's you know back to the yeah. future with higher stakes um okay yeah but uh the yeah watch the movie and then watch like the that first because the way they did tenchi universe was like you would get three episodes on one three or four episodes in one like vhs tape okay i think and then yeah then i watched the other one which was like the first three episodes of tenchi universe i was like oh okay this is how i'm gonna meet all these crazy people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and figure basically have to figure out like how we get from here to that time travel like story I watched where all the characters are kind of established and we know what's what. Yeah. And Tenchi Muyo is weird because there's, there's the two series like Tenchi Muyo and Tenchi universe. And like, Oh, don't forget Tenchi in Tokyo. Everyone's favorite. Right. Right. (laughs) But like both Tenchi Muyo and Tenchi universe, like are different origin stories for those characters. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Cause it's kind of like, it reminds me of Looney Tunes in a weird way because it's like now here's okay. an episode where like Daffy Duck is being hunted by Elmer Fudd. But then there's another episode where it's like, well, now Daffy Duck's like in space and he's Duck Dodgers and stuff. Right. But the thing is, like the, te- the the point is that I'm trying to make is like they did this model where it's like, well, it doesn't matter who these characters are or where they come from, like what their origin is, but their personalities always have to be the same. 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Ryoko yeah. is always going to be this like feisty um, sort of, you know, like pretty rude, but at the same time, same time, like strong-willed, rambunctious character. Ayaka is always going to be a princess of some mm-hmm. sort. How you do that is sort of like up to the thing. I actually like, I, yeah, I need to do my homework on Tenshi Universe because I always, I, I, the way I remember hearing about it was like they had done Tenshi Muyo first, but then, and it was like a creation between two guys. But then one guy said, you know what? Like, I have other ideas for how these characters' uh, origins sh- could go. So hmm. he kind of went off and did Tenshi Universe, which is like a much longer, like, I don't know, show, and you get a little bit more time with those characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's a... Yeah, it yeah, it's just, I don't know, the, the fact that, like, it came out and then it rebooted immediately is the thing that fascinates me. Yeah. And then, yeah, Tenshi and Tokyo happened, and, like, yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. hey, let's do this series about weird aliens and space battles without any of the aliens or space battles. Right. Like, uh, who, but, who gives a shit? And, like, but <laughs> I wonder if it's, like, a model, another guy that did that, famous uh manga creator leiji matsumoto he created um captain harlock and galaxy express 39 and space battleship yamato and the thing it's weird like when you start getting into captain harlock in particular and those pirate characters is that his origin's always different um Mm. and that i think that's another thing as well where he was just kind of like well look i know what this guy looks like i know what his personality is like it's far as like the you know the true origin story of captain harlock who he is and how he came to be whatever that can be like (laughs) like anybody can add to that mythology as long as you kind of always have the staple core of that character of him being a you know a stoic dude with one eye and long hair (laughs) huh interesting yeah 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 fascinating i mean you know and even still like american comics it's sort of like that as well like you know superman is always going to be Superman, but you know, depending on what origin you kind of go with, that that's always different as well. As long as you know a planet blows up and he comes from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think the difference is is like Superman's origin is always the same origin. It's just the details change. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas, like, I feel like in Tenchi, the Tenchi, the two Tenchi series, like they're different origins, even. Yeah. For sure. Right? Like, like, you is still a space pirate, Nike is still a princess, and, and, you know, Washu is still a mad inventor and stuff. But, like, but everything else about that series is completely different. Right. How he goes so. about meeting in Tenchi Muyo, like, uh, Tenchi awakens Ryoko from, like, some sl- deep sleep that she's in. She's, like, buried underneath the ground where he is in Tenchi right. Universe. She comes from outer space and falls to earth and like it it's like the green lantern origin she's like Abin sir <laughs> <laughs> and we either just excited or lost everyone listening yeah it's like uh, you guys are fucking dorks oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay i think that's a good place to call it a day actually all right um so wes thank you so much for coming on um uh, once again, everyone, All Kinds of Hell by Wesley... Five short stories uh, by Wesley Griffith. Um, head over to WesleyGriffith.com or if you're on Instagram, at Wesley Griffith underscore. That's the underscore at the end, not between the, the words. Yeah, it's uh, just like my name, Wesley Griffith, all one word, and then underscore after Griffith. Yeah, 
yeah um yeah and shoot wes a message either a direct message or an email and uh yeah yeah uh is it paypal generally paypal seven bucks and uh get a cool comment <laughs>